Hello, and welcome to Shakespeare, the roundtable discussion podcast where we talk about the classics. My name is Chase, and I will be your mostly quiet producer. Today, we continue to look at the immensely entertaining Lysistrata. If you like what you hear, come hang out with us at our network's Patreon Discord. You can gain access through our Patreon at patreon.com slash ghostlightmedia. You can also find our website with a link to our merch store at shakespearepod.com. And now, on with the show. record another podcast tomorrow and I need to remember that. Oh yeah. You got a busy day tomorrow. I have a very busy day tomorrow. You don't even know. I work mm-hmm. I work from 9 to 5 and then I have a meeting with Tara at 5.30 to do blocking for Godspell and then I have a podcast recording at 7.30. Oh, damn. Ooh, you're in demand. I have to work. It's exhausting. I work tomorrow like and then I. Like nine, 9 to 12. I work tomorrow and then I drive to BG. Nice. And oh yeah, you guys play I have a game, game tomorrow night. First time in a couple months. Everything took May off, <laughs> which is good. Well, except for us, like May is just a super busy month for us. Mother's Day, well, my birthday, it's, Izzy's birthday. I'm say it's birthday month for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> well, y'all went up to we, up to we went Michigan up north and went camping for yep. uh, for a week. I cannot tell you how jealous I am of your vacation. Um, Petoskey and Harbor Springs, where you went, was where I spent most summers of my childhood. See, that's where I, that's I, where I always up grew there. up going. My family has been camping in that area. Like, my mom's family has been camping in that area since she was a little kid. Oh, nice. We've been, like, off Seagull Lake, where we, where we actually camped. Um that's where, like, I've been going forever. We, you know, and then we usually go to mm-hmm. Gaylord and Petoskey, and we went to uh, Traverse City, um, which was which was pretty great. We didn't go up to Mackinac this time. Um, mm-hmm. I do want to plan a vacation to take the girls. Like, I took them across the big bridge last time, but like we sure. jaunted across the bridge, stopped and ate a pasty for lunch, and like drove back across the bridge. We didn't really do the UP. Um, yeah, I've never done the UP myself. There's some really um, great stuff up there. Copper Harbor, uh, Taquanaman Falls, the Munising mm-hmm. area, the the Picture Rocks. Like, just some really beautiful stuff up in the Upper Peninsula. Um, and pasties are delicious, and they're plentiful in the UP. Can't go wrong. Um, yeah, and Sparta too, I hear. In Sparta, the pasties? Yeah. What about in Athens? No, we, no, no. Have... Com- no, dear, you're going to commit to this one. <laughs> the pasties from Sparta, where they speak in Scottish accents. Wouldn't oh, they have... okay. Would that be... Okay, we were just reaching. Well, the, the past- Spartan eggs? The, the pasties are actually... They come They come from the Cornish. Ooh. It's, yeah. a, it's a Cornish thing. Cornish miners. Yes. Like kids? Yes. And also adults. <laughs> working in the mines because they didn't have child labor laws back then. No. I got the no, damp lung paw. I've been working in the mill so long that there's cotton in my lungs. That was the most horrifying thing that Elizabeth Gaskell ever taught me, by the way. 
I know, right? Is that people would die from having cotton in their lungs. That's what I learned. That was my takeaway from North and <laughs> North South. It's terrible. Um, it, it was. I told somebody to watch North and South once that it was on uh, Netflix. And I the comment I got back was, Cassie, why do you want me to watch this huge series about the Civil War? I remember when. In nope. America. Nope. And I was like, no, that's the wrong one. Although, still okay. Okay, so that's still that's exactly where my mind went when you said North and South, okay. because that's the only North and South I know of. Well, well you're missing out on... Gaskell. If you want to know the reason why I have a crush on Richard Armitage, <laughs> have I got a movie for you. It's so good. The book is so good. Everything Elizabeth Gaskell does is so your... good. Talk about your enemies to lovers, am I right? <laughs> Just agree. Sure, she baby. even gets hit on the head with a stone. Yeah, uh, to save him. Mm. Ryan, do you remember me making... I had to look up who Rim- Richard Armitage was. Oh, Thorin. You're welcome. I, I have him reading Shakespeare's look, sonnets look, on my Audible. It's beautiful. Thorin is not the thing to tell me who Richard Armitage is. <laughs> I have still not seen those movies. I have no. He's the bad. He's First the bad guy who's he there was... when uh, Captain America turns from Steve Rogers into Captain America. Okay. Wasn't he a bad guy in a Robin Hood at some point? Oh yes, he's a. Yeah. Um, but I have no interest in hot. seeing the Hobbit super movies. Hot. I love that book, and it's not three movies long. It's not the first. That's valid. Yeah. Yeah. If if somebody could give me a cut in which they take the apocrypha out, I. Well, they take out like we still haven't seen the third one. There's a love triangle in it. Yeah, first one it's fine. We watched the second one in which Riddles of the Dark is definitely the highlight of that movie. Yeah, and all that I cared about. Mm -hmm. Richard Armitage singing dwarf songs is it's my happy place. Mm -hmm. Like I knew I recognized the name, but I didn't. I don't know. There's a love triangle with a made up character because. There aren't women in The Hobbit. No. Legolas is somehow in the movies? Well, his dad's in the movies, so they brought him in. I mean, he is. <laughs> well, I mean, yes, his dad's in the book, but Legolas is not. Yeah. But he's me- he's, he was alive at yeah, the time. He would have been there. He would have been in Mirkwood at the time. It's It's unimportant. No, it's true. Either way. Yeah, I just, I, I don't have a whole lot of interest. I, like, I love that book, and I have no interest really in seeing that movie, that set of movies. The the first movie, I think, is very worth the watch. The second movie I got through, I have not watched The Decimation of Smog, and I am a huge Tolkien fan. I think... And I still haven't watched just, it. Just watch the Riddles in the Dark scene. I think, had I, never, well. had I never read The Hobbit... I probably yeah okay maybe it's a fun romp I probably would have watched them but well I've read all of Lord end. of the Rings and they did a pretty decent job putting it to screen yeah it's a pretty but faithful adaptation for the most part putting in the Council of Three and all of these other things into the Hobbit to make it into a, a trilogy is unnecessary yeah it muddies the story it's a children's book. Like we did not need to make well, it's it like literally that. A so the best story that J.R.R. Tolkien told his kid the bedtime or whatever, and then they made him write it down. Right. So the best Hobbit 
is still the animated Hobbit. Where there's a whip, there's a way. There's a way. That's actually from the animated. Oh, that is. That's that's right. That is. That's. But uh, every time somebody cracks a whip in screen or says something about using a whip, that's the first thing that pops in my head. Yep, that is from the Rankin and Bass Lord of the Rings, but still. Yep. Um, it's it's what I think of, and probably will eventually have some sort of it tattooed on my body because that's what Gandalf still looks like in my head. Mm. Okay, I've been sitting here for like a solid five minutes of discussion, trying to think of a way to segue. There were not. There's, there's not there's nearly not. any dicks in the Hobbit. You know. And no. it's, I haven't come up with anything yet. You know, there weren't any women in The Hobbit. But you know where there were women? In hey, the Acropolis. Okay, okay, good job. In the Acropolis. In the where Acropolis. all of them were. All the women. Along with That's all the why they weren't the in The Hobbit. They were busy at the Acropolis. They also responded to Lysistrata's summons. Yeah, that's where, they, <laughs> that's where the fucking Antwives were. So let's break this play down. <laughs> That's where the fucking aunt wives were. They were so pissed. <laughs> they went to the Acropolis. That makes a lot more sense. Well, it's because the ants always had wood. No. 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 That just happened. Po- podcast over. Ten minutes. Done. You killed it. <laughs> All right, good night, everybody. (laughs) Good night, everybody. Properly introed yet. (laughs) Shortest episode ever. Just turn it off. It can't get any worse. There's no more reason to play. All right, so let's break this play down a little bit. Beth, it can't get any worse. There's no more reason to play. Your reasoning is backwards on that. (laughs) Don't bring your logic into this, Cassie Greenlee. (laughs) What are you drinking? I am drinking. Angry Orchard Peach Mango Cider. Drink faster. I get funnier. <laughs> That's true. That's science. That's science. That's funny That's when science. I'm drunk. And pretty, too. So get drunk. All right, so. Liz Estrada. I would like to say there's a ton to unpack here, but it is a really <laughs> well, straightforward play. They have to unpack it from the front of their trousers. We see it all, though. Oh! I don't even think they're wearing trousers. Don't you remember? Toga's at most. Dorcas, the leader of the male guard, was like, let's all take off our clothes. That will get the women out here. It didn't work. That's true. That's true. It didn't they're work. all walking around with fucking so, dongs the beginning of this Lenny. A lot of this play, as Liz Estrada is trying to, like, get these women in line for what she has in mind, feels like running a committee for any theater program I've been involved in. Yeah. They'll play as long as there's booze involved, but as soon as the booze runs out, they're gone. Well, and then they're ready to go fuck. They're out. And just standing around waiting for all of her friends to show up and no one's there and no one's there and she's sitting there bitching. I definitely had those moments where I was standing waiting for people to show up so I could teach them something. Yeah, they're all late. No one shows up. I identify with Lysistrata on a spiritual level. (laughs) Sorry, Chase. For many reasons. I... 
you're acting like this is any surprise. Chase understands the what happens to him if he ever goes to war. Because because this is a woman who is trying to organize a meeting and nobody respects punctuality the way that she does. All anybody wants to do is moan and complain about things instead of getting shit done. And everybody around her is way more interested in the concept of sex than she is. She has things to do. There is a higher thing at stake. Whereas Beth is much more like Kalanisi. No, Kalanisi's down for what's planned. She just has a real a lot of jokes to make about it. Like she can't let a moment get maudlin. Every time Lizastrata gets too Lizastrati, yeah, she she pops up with a ah ah, but it's a long and arduous thing, right? <laughs> okay, yeah, that's me. <laughs> Dick jokes. That's me. Yeah. That's you. Yeah. That's me. Why let a moment get maudlin? Oh my god. But I I would love to play Liz Estrada someday. I think she's great. I think And so if we if we talk about this play, I think, in the context of our permapins. I thought about that while we like, were on break. One of our biggest permapins is Agency of Women. Yes, they have it. And like that's yes. literally what this play is. Like, about. let's talk actually about the agency of men in this play. <laughs> they have none. No, their entire agency is ruled by their wieners. Yeah. No, so like they, this is uh, this play is this play is fantastic for the fact that literally the play is agency of women. The women are in control. The women are the smart ones. The women are the ones making things happen. And. I honestly think that is why this play continues to get produced again and again and again and again is because it remains timely. Yep. And you have, you have good women are still have way more power than they think they have. And if they all just banded together, they could dictate how things go. Slam your head into the table for me because you are, South of Columbus, and I can't do it for you. <laughs> um, but no, they 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 have the power. No, I'm not slamming my face into the the table. Um, and they they know how to use it. Yeah, or at least well, well okay, Liz at least knows Liz how to use it. Does. And she's able to convince there are... the other women. I think that right. that um, Mirny. Marine. Marine, she knows how to use it too. Yeah, because she's, she's like clearly played that particular game before. Yeah, she yeah. she knew because what she her was husband doing. came right up to the door and was like, "Excuse me, we we did this two weeks ago. Uh, I I I got you the pool out back like you asked. I'm not playing this game again, you rogue. Why are we doing this again? Every time you want something, sex strike. When well, she's so. she's got the list of demands. She, She's like, I need a bed and a mattress and a river and like He's ready. He he's ready though, but he's still everything. But he's still he can't he can't beat her at this game. But what strikes me about this is when I was in college, um I did 
a lot of the advanced directing scenes, they would ask for, you know, undergraduates, theater undergraduates to audition for those. Mm -hmm. And I did one that was a Charles Mee play, um, excerpts from a Charles Mee play that I don't remember the name of, but was set in ancient Greece. And it was all about 50 brothers marrying 50 sisters and one of the sisters trying to lead a rebellion with her other sisters um, against this whole thing. But Charles Mee is a modern playwright. And so he was writing this play set in ancient Greece, but he was writing it in, in modern. In a era. 1900s perspective. Yeah. And this play reads the same way to me, but it was written by Aristophanes in ancient in Greece. 411 BC. And I, I love that about yeah. it. I absolutely love that Almost about it. Almost 2,500 years ago. the fact that ago. it... The fact that it has survived and the fact that it doesn't end with like a twist ending of, oh, but the men regained control in the end and the women learned Oh, their we place. all gave up. Shucky darn. Like the fact that the women are allowed to be the victors in this story. It's uncompromising. Tells us, yeah, tells us a lot about what their place in society back then, you know, actually was. Mm -hmm. It also tells us that not only has this particular debate spanned millennia, but that at different times, like like you said, this was 1100 BC. No, four, 411 a, BC. 411 BC, and we're having a feminist debate. Yep. This is a feminist piece of work. So we often talked about with Shakespeare... Wow, this is really progressive for what I assume is going on in that day and age. But anthropologically, we really only have snippets mm -hmm. of, of how the society actually functioned. Yeah, we know that women held a, a better place than in other places at that time. But we still assume that women wouldn't be in power because it is assumption still today. That it is weird for women to be in power or for women to be the main characters or women to be the victors. It's something we're still talking about as something that's unique and novel. And and that's addressed within the script because Lysistrata has her big speech about, you know, we've tried to talk to our husbands about ending the war and they tell us to go sit down in the kitchen and be quiet. But Aristophanes allows Lysistrata to be right in shaming the men for not paying attention to the women. Yeah. And for not allowing them a share of the discussion. And I and dick absolutely jokes. adore that about this play. And dick jokes. And dick jokes. But yeah, no, it's it's fantastic. Um the writing is good. It's snappy. Um and the women are in charge. Yeah. So like, no, it takes Lysistrata a, a hot minute to convince the rest of the women to be in charge. Mm -hmm. A little bit, of, a little bit of manipulation. A little bit of manipulation. A little bit of wine. That's manipulation. It's bribery. Um, you know, she has to. She has to get them to come around to understanding the power that they have. Well, and I think it also is interesting to me 
about how this this play can kind of help us redefine how we perceive sex's place in society in that time frame because similar to the concept of the palimpsest when we look i think back to the time of ancient greek we're kind of looking back through all of history which means we're being colored by our understanding of the periods that fall in between the modern era and the ancient greek era and so we're looking through this you know kind of inherent puritanical uh understanding of sex that kind of outlines everything that we have today and we all know the phrase you know lie back and think of england which is what young women in the victorian era were told but i love that in this play when the women are like well what if they you know want to have sex with us anyway and lissa's response is then just lie there lie there and think of greece which you know kind of communicates and the fact that all of these women are like shocked at how could you possibly ask me not to have sex with my husband and they're trying to sneak out to go have sex yeah exactly that it wasn't this like puritanical shameful thing that has kind of pervaded our culture because of weirdly twisted pseudo-christian ideals about original sin and, you know, purity culture and all that kind of stuff, because this predates that. And, I mean, that's... I have a lot of thoughts when it comes to women being allowed to be overtly sexual and still good people. Yeah. So, rarely is it that we see a strong female character who is also overtly sexual... And isn't in some way damaged. Mm-hmm. Or villainized. Yeah, or, or yeah, villainized. Or some, some reason, shape, way, shape, or form that they are made less. Where most of the women I know are overtly sexual beings who are not damaged and like having sex and then have a healthy relationship with it. So the this idea of looking back at it through the lens of inherent inherited patriarchy, I think that's that puts a really nice focus on those thoughts of why is it that we can allow women to be a warrior or a mother or a, a sexual object, but we can't be all of it. It's the it's the whole can't have it all garbage that, you know, people try to foist off on women. So what I've learned is from Liz Estrada is that we can have it all. We just have to go occupy a bank, which I do for another week, um, and then deny our husband sex. And tell the men to go fuck themselves, so, literally. Well, not to go fuck themselves. I mean, just don't fuck anything. Why don't they do so, like fuck these off, men? Perhaps fuck up. All of these men who are walking around with raging boners. I I know that my first thought was, let's just go take care of it. There's the stream. If you need a little like privacy, Pan's den is over you there. We already talked about it. Pan will not mind. No, no. Yeah, Pan most definitely will not mind. You're in Athens. Where the olive tree was planted and olive oil invented, plenty of lubricant. Go have at it. Make a day of it. Make a day of it. <laughs> have a you day. Spa day. We'll have, 
spa day. My skin is so soft now. Wow, that olive oil was great. It's let in less than a day. In less than a day. Yeah, there is no passage of time. It's literally like three hours later. They're all so fucking horned up. They can't fucking function. I wonder if it was the wine. Somebody. It was Somebody the good, it was got the him the stuff. fucking was the what is it, Chinese three dick wine or whatever. What? I'm sorry, what? Yeah, no, we're gonna have to rewind <laughs> and do a deep dive into Chinese three dick wine. <laughs> I'm it? not gonna Google that because I don't want it in my algorithm. <laughs> That's why Ryan, you've gone quiet. <laughs> I need to know what Chinese three dick wine. I don't. Is. I, I got it wrong. I don't like. I don't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but it's the thing. Three penises I, alcohol. That's what it is. It's a okay, Chinese so spirit that has... No, no clarity has been lent to the situation. Chinese spirit that contains animal penises. I mean, I guess that's what I figured it was. It's three I was three penis wine. I was wrong. It's not three dick wine. This is cursed knowledge, and I wish I didn't have it. Too bad. Um, but yeah. Or somebody crumbled up some Viagras yeah. in their wine. I don't know. Agency of Women. Check. Check. This play has it in space. Oh, the, the transition from pin? three penis wine. It's just silence. It's just, Agency of well, Women. Well, you know with an Etch-A-Sketch, when you messed something up real bad, shake, you just turn the thing over it. and shake it? I think it's what Cassie just did. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, you try. My, it's my purpose here, I really. I can't believe that I'm the only um, person who's ever heard of three penis wine, so. I can. <laughs> So we also have, for permapins, we have language, which is an interesting one to talk about here because none of us speak ancient Greek. And so so I think we're the, dependent on translation and, and we think, all read different ones. I think, but there I think is where the discussion about language comes in. Um, because we don't speak the original language, because it's ancient and we are reading different adaptations going forward... We have one that's done beautifully with a poet writing it. Uh, we have something probably in the middle that Ryan read. And then we have this foul translation <laughs> that is hilarious. And all three do different things for the story. Mm-hmm. This one really promotes the ridiculous. In yeah, it. I was, mm-hmm. I'm was. i disappointed I didn't read that one in the first place. Well, by all means. I oh, I know. I'm going to now. Um I am also disappointed, and I have to... I did not read this first. I've been skimming over it while we're going through it, which is why every once in a while I'm like, ha yeah, I hear this one. That's funny. But... but Yeah, the one that I read, almost the whole thing is in rhyme. So, which is impressive. And we've, sh- we've sought out translations of some works before. Like... Yeah. We, we sought out... Seamus Haney. Um, there are uh, copies of the Orestes that I have in my Amazon cart right now because a modern poet has done a translation of it. So there are times that we go reaching for somebody to interpret this for us beautifully. I gotta say, this one really lends well to like a frat boy <laughs> translating it for me. Yeah, Real nice. Yeah. Real nice. let me let me read part of mine aloud because I want you to get a sense of just the really lyrical meter that this was written in and how that 
lends itself to the kind of captivating. So this is one of Lysistrata's big speeches um, that she makes when she's got everybody assembled before her. All the long years when the hopeless war dragged along, we unassuming, forgotten and quiet, endured without question, endured in our loneliness, all your incessant child's antics and riot. Our lips we kept tied, though aching with silence, though well all the while in our silence we knew how wretchedly everything still was progressing by listening dumbly the day long to you. Oh, it's pretty. It's almost it's very like it's beautiful. And I actually sat when I was reading this and like spoke all of her lines aloud because I love how they flow. I love how they're they're put together. Um, I wish that this translator had kind of kept the meter consistent throughout because there's some weird like hiccuping back and forth between meters occasionally. But like when he gets into a groove, like with her big speeches, they're absolutely beautiful and they're fun to say. For a nerd. Like, for a nerd. <laughs> I uh, had fun with them. And I think it is interesting to look at how different translators and different twists on the exact same work can change the production, can change the enjoyment level and the outcome, because you definitely loved the way that sounded. Yeah. And so if I directed, I, I want to do for like... I'll pitch it to Black Swamp players and you pitch it to the Village players and you direct your version, Beth, with your translation and I'll direct my version with my translation. The fact, okay, we had one fuck on stage uh, in the last season that actually was a full season. Mm -hmm. We got calls. I could never put this on the Village players stage. (laughs) No, this is a lion face joint. Yeah, like this one we do in another back gross hotel room. This this is yeah, this is where we rent some back alley theater and yeah. you know or we put it on in the park. <laughs> Which is the other thing that we do with loud cussing for some reason. But the what other permapins do we have? Oh, we have one more, but I never Adaptation. Adaptation. Yeah, adaptation. I can't believe I forgot this. I have such a big, so, important one to talk about. One of my favorites. Let's see if it's the same one. In 2003, there was a large protest that was put on across the, the world. The Lysistrata Project. The Lysistrata Project. That's it not mine. was fantastic. It was, yeah, the, uh, related to the whole Iraq disarmament. Um, and there were tons of readings of Lysistrata. It, and it's not necessarily an individual adaptation, but it is an adaptation from society using this piece as protest against an ongoing war that did not need to be ongoing. And it was, it happened at a time in my life where I was just becoming politically aware as well. So it was perfect. Perfect. What's your favorite adaptation? Please tell me it's the musical. One of the musicals. One. How do you musicals. well you know me, Beth? In 2011, Off Broadway opened a musical called Lysistrata Jones. That's true. Lysistrata Jones. So, I got some rundown here. Uh, I I I don't know from this show. I know that this show exists, and I know that. 
some of the music is apparently really good. Um, but apart from that, before I went to Wikipedia today in preparation, I didn't really know much about it. And so the Wikipedia one sentence summary is the men on a losing college basketball team whose cheerleader girlfriends refuse to have sex with them until they win a game. And I read that and went, I feel like that misses the point of Liz Estrada. They weren't withholding sex until they won the war. Well, until the war was over. But I feel like a more accurate modern interpretation would have been until they quit two rival basketball. basketball teams having a pissing match between each other and like stealing each other's mascots. And the cheerleaders refuse to have sex with them until they knock it off and behave like adults. So, some highlights of the adaptation reel. In the 50s. Please tell me. The second greatest sex. A movie musical set in the Wild West. Based off Alyssa Strada. (laughs) (laughs) There's so So, much about that sentence that I hate. And so much about that sentence that I hate. Wild West. So, the fact... The fact that it is called The Second Greatest Sex, guess what gender wrote that well, shit? Well, obviously, written by a man. Um, uh, I was going to talk about Lissa Strata Jones, but you beat me to it. There's there a is, It is part of a graphic joint, novel. Chirac. That takes the uh, gun violence in inner city Chicago... Substitutes that for the Peloponnesian War and substitutes rhyming rap uh, dialogue instead of the formal Greek poetry, but it is based off of Lysistrata. The tagline for that movie, by the way, is no peace, no peace. <laughs> like a piece of ass, just in case you missed that. Uh, there's a Swedish it. film version from the late 60s called Flacoma was re- released in English as The Girls. But the the takeaway is there are a lot of adaptations. There are a lot of times that it's been produced and modernized and brought up and there's several musicals. There's a ballet. There is. Yep. Yeah. There's multiple there musicals. Is. There's you, a ballet. How there's do you do opera. a ballet? There's an opera. Opera about everything too. Um, there's something uh, to my knowledge. There are no web series or YA novels. There's a graphic novel. Okay, so there's a a graphic novel. I feel that everybody should be aware of. It's big. It's called the Graphic Canyon. Canon. The Graphic Canon. So it's uh, graphic novel representations of a variety of Western canon pieces. And Liz Estrada is part of it. Not really a YA adaptation, so to speak. But it still would probably gear a little bit younger. Also, come on, Liz Estrada Jones. That's a YA adaptation. I'm talking about novels, YA novels. To my knowledge, there's none of Did any of you catch the reference to our favorite Shakespearean Greek. No. Timon of Athens is mentioned by the oh, old yes, women's I did chorus see that. in this play. 
We do love And the Shakespeare theatrical universe expands. That's right. One more. Put it on. Pin red string right over here (laughs) to Liz Estrada. That's right. Time of Athens. Mentioned in this play. The old, the old Are we going to have to rock, paper, scissors to see who gets to do Timon of Athens throwing gold <laughs> at people for Black Swamp? No, because what I actually wanted to do was the, the cloche scene. <laughs> Where he comes in and rips the fucking cloches off. Throws so you really did want to really really do, do the, do the one that, Yeah. <laughs> the stone soup. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I'm eat, really, that, eat the stone, stone soup, you motherfuckers. That makes me very happy, Cassie. That means I know you a little bit. <laughs> it's true. All I wanted was some fucking for potatoes. For like 15 years now, Beth. I had fun. So, okay, what else do we got? Like I said, I don't feel like this is a lot to unpack. There's there's a, there's a lot of influences and stuff that have come from from the the play. There is reference to, even though it seems progressive and feminist or pacifist now, it wasn't really then. Because even when the dramatic Greek poets were being all like, ladies are people too, they were still, you know, stereotyping them and holding them back anyway. So. Welcome to being a woman. It's just the varying degrees of it, but that's what you get to decide on. But, um, you know, and it's not considered necessarily pacifist because the reason they're trying to end the war has nothing to do with the fact that, you know, the war is bad or anything like that. They just don't want the war anymore. No. Well, it's not that they feel that the war is unjust. They're just tired of... They just don't want the war anymore. They want their husbands home. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Which... I also think it's really interesting that... I don't know that at any point Lysistrata personally is referenced about having a husband. Which I think um, is is interesting. She I thought she did. Hold on. I thought there was somebody who came to get her. It's it's possible. I might have, have skimmed over it. But you know I'm interested, honestly, in an interpretation of this where Liz Estrada doesn't have a husband. Yeah. Yeah, you've got nothing on the line. You have nothing left to lose. Why Why do you care? That kind of thing. Yeah. So there's a couple other interesting things. The divided chorus is a thing um, that well, Aristophanes yeah. did in his middle period. So you've got the divided old man chorus, old woman chorus, then eventually unified um, at the end. He did that in a few of his plays. Um, stuff like that. So there's some interesting stuff to it, but it's not like... It's more fun than earth-shattering, I suppose. It's true. Yeah, but I would recommend oh, this, honestly. Especially if you're the kind of person who's like, eh, the ancient stuff seems strange. I don't know if I want to read that. If you want something, a quick hit that's hilarious that you can use to sound witty and political at cocktail parties, if we ever have those again. I don't know if we ever did cocktail parties. Oh, well. It was always beer. There's always beer tail parties. 
then I feel like Lizestrada is a good way to spend two hours because it's not going to take you longer than that to it's read it. It's not going to take you a long time to read it. Um, you're going to get a lot of bang for your buck. Ha! Bang! <laughs> Those guys weren't getting a lot of bang, though. No. Not, not really, no. You get to read about the... Lioness and the cheese grater. The lioness grater. and the cheese grater and all those throbbing erections. So I have to wonder if that's a translation thing. Were there cheese graters? It's got to be a translation thing. It's a great translation problem. I love it. I don't know what sexual position the lioness and the cheese grater is. Use your imagination, And I don't dork. think I want to. Yeah, I'd rather just... I'd rather not. Anything that involves sex and cheese grater. That sounds uncomfortable. It sounds awful. It does. Not even vague. I just thought about it way too not... much. <laughs> <laughs> not even <laughs> not even vaguely. It is just straight up there uncomfortable. Like those erections those guys were carrying around with them. Where if they just took care of it. They could have. They could have gone over to Pan's Den, but they wanted to make their wives do it. And the wives wanted to do it. I do enjoy that. That it is openly sexual. Oh yeah, the women. The women. To. Women are participating. Yeah. I, I need to. I need to go keep the moths from getting to my wool. You gotta go spread my wool <laughs> on the bed. Uh, I'm. I'm about to give birth. Clang clang. Yeah, to a helmet. To a helmet. <laughs> Like yeah, there's some there's some great there's some great funny shit in here. It's well worth the read, and then you it can really say is. that it's you really enjoy like your favorite. You can go, hey, my favorite Greek play is by Aristophanes, and people will yeah. go, oh, you are oh hell. You could say your favorite Greek play is by oh so erudite. Oh Chase, quit using those big words. <laughs> Cassie's not going to be able to hold out to the end the Peloponnesian War. <laughs> hmm, I bet I could. Oh. <laughs> Aw, dicks. Aw, dicks. Aw. Ew. <laughs> you go. thought we were cute, Beth. No, adults kissing's gross. Yeah. Beth is also seven. Twelve. Whatever. I grew up. I grew up. So she's still at the age where she thinks dicks are funny, but boys are still uh-huh. gross. Yeah. They smell bad. And the at least two of the boys in my house, I assume it's just two, pee on the floor sometimes. Just miss the toilet completely. It's large. I don't know how and I miss one it. of them sticks rocks in his ear. Oh, gosh, I, Yeah, it. I heard about that. Poor Jamie. Oh, put it straight in his ear. He had to go under, which means I've got an OR. You have an bill anesthesiologist coming. bill. And when I asked him why, he's like, I wanted to see if it would fit. Like, oh. so, well, it did. You know? It did, buddy. It did. It did. One it did. way. It right. He was a trooper for it, but uh, that was like, I picked him up at 11 o'clock after the call, and uh, he went in for, and I'm using air quotes for surgery because there was no cutting. But he went under around six, and when we were home by seven thirty, it was ridiculous. Also, he threw up in my car into a little bucket, and I had to pull over in the blade parking lot and like throw the dump, dump it out. Yeah, 
So it made me very happy to throw vomit into the Blade parking lot because I really don't like the Blade. That's pretty funny. Yeah, poor guy. I'd say it was protest, but... Poor guy. I'm glad he's, glad he's doing all right. Yeah, he's... I can't believe we didn't talk about that at His the month is off to a rocky right. start. It has been such a long week. <laughs> yes, it has. So, while I was sitting in the waiting room to go back to surgery is when PNC called to make me an author. And he said, so fuck I'm dealing your with this, I'm doing with that. Yeah, and just one thing after another all week long. So I saved the rock, by the way. <laughs> I'm going to have Chrissy make it into a necklace for me. Yes, please. Yes. Because it is the most expensive rock in my house. Can, can, I, I, can, I, make, you... can I make a suggestion? Yeah. Get a bell jar for it. Put it on a pillow. Put it on a little pillow in a bell jar. I have never seen a five-year-old get so disgusted with being asked why or how he got a rock in his ear. <laughs> Jesus, mom. I you think, think he'd be proud. No, every single... Because we had to go, oh my gosh, the story is terrible. We'll have to have drinks sometime and talk about it. Because I had to see five different doctors. Nobody oh, could get this man. motherfucking rock out of his ear. Uh, I'm glad he's. I'm glad he's doing better, though. I'm glad he's doing all right. He's he's great, and he'll tell you he learned a lesson. Only voices go in his ear. <laughs> Smart kid. Smart. What are you talking about? He put a rock in his ear. <laughs> he learned a lesson. Some people have to learn by doing. He learned that. a message. Some... A lesson. A message. I can't even speak. He is. He is my child. That like all of those things they tell you to baby proof your house for. James did them. Michael did none of them. None of them. Never tried to climb a bookshelf. Never tried to put a finger in a light socket. James, every single one like of the them. Like the fucking Kool-Aid man. <laughs> Mike licked everything. But James tries to kill himself, like, daily. Not for real. Ugh. That's, that was my week last week. This week. Hence the beer! Cold open at the end. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's sign off, uh, friends. All right. All right. Until next Until time. Until next time. Thanks for listening to the dulcet tones of Shakespeare. My name's Beth Roars. I'm Ryan Halfhill. I'm Cassie Greenley. I'm Chase Greenley. This has been episode 93. It has. Probably. Oh, it's Prime. Yeah. Prime oh, dicks. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> Don't ruin Prime for me. Podcast is over. Dick's out front should have told you. (laughs) (laughs) Why, the dick at the microphone just told me. Oh, (gasps) snap. Dickhead. And done. Yes. This has been a Ghostlight Media production.